1: Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? This program today is dedicated to all the non-religious people of the world. Yeah, that's right, all the unbelievers. You know, i I tell you something that I know about non-religious people, unbelievers, and, and it is this. It's not God that you have a problem with. It's religion that you have a problem with. Now, how would I know that? I mean, here I am doing a religious program. And so, obviously, I come across to you as a religious person. So how would I know that it's not God that you have a problem with? It's religion that you have a problem with. Well, because I've been there, done that. That's how I know. You know, I never wanted to be a religious person. You know, I never wanted to do a religious program, believe me. And for me, as a teenager, I could see straight, and I don't know if it was extra... Wisdom, discernment that God gave me, I don't know, but, it, but in growing up as a teenager, I could see straight through religion as far as on TV, the television evangelists, I mean, I could see straight through that nonsense, and I just wasn't interested in it, and uh, I, it was just something that was really appalling to me. It was something that drove me away from God. Yeah, that's right. Religion drove me away from God. Now, I'm going to tell you something that is really uh, important for you to understand as an unbeliever. You don't have to be religious to, be, to have a relationship with God. Okay, You don't have to be religious to have a relationship with God. Now, that may sound strange, but it's absolutely true. I wouldn't give you, first, me personally, I wouldn't give you a nickel for all the religion in the world. I'm just not interested in it. I mean, it just—it's not, it's nothing appealing about it. All of the religious singing, all of the religious uh, music that is out there, all of the religious preaching that is out there, all of what I call churchianity, with churches on every street corner, I wouldn't give you a nickel for all of it. You know, in fact, you know, a lot of people would probably look at me and say, well, you're not religious. Believe me, I don't think you're religious at all. Because, I mean, there's just a lot of things that I don't do. I mean, when you think of a religious person, what do you think of? Well, you think of a person that goes to church on Sunday. I do not. I do not go to church on Sunday. I actually do observe, though, the Sabbath day, which is more like a day of rest and a day of connectivity with God. I, I do not celebrate Christmas. I don't sit around a Christmas tree, swap gifts, and say, "Hey everybody, this is all about Jesus." No, I don't do that. Uh, I don't celebrate Easter. I don't hide Easter eggs. I don't believe rabbit lays uh, a rabbit lays an egg. Uh, at least last time I checked, it wasn't an egg. Uh, but you know, I don't I don't keep I don't celebrate Easter. I don't believe in a hellfire where God. Torments and tortures people for all of eternity. I believe in destruction for the wicked, absolute destruction, the end of you, it's what I believe in. And I don't believe in heavenly retirement that when you die, you go to heaven and, you know, there's a cabin in the sky, so be careful when you step out the door. No, I don't believe in heavenly retirement either. So it's just a lot of things that when it comes to religion, you know, people would probably look at me and say, well, you're not, boy, your belief system, you're not religious at all. And I like it that way. And it was one of the most liberating moments of my life when I realized I don't have to be religious to have a relationship with God, okay? I don't have to, I mean, thank God, I don't have to be religious to, be, to have a relationship with God. Because in growing up I knew, and I knew that I, that I knew that I was never going to reach God or get in contact with God through religion. I just knew that. I mean, I was just I mean, if that was the only avenue available for me to connect with God was was through religion, then I was just never gonna get there. Okay. Okay. So is there anything that I want you, the non-religious, to understand with the, uh, today with this program. Yeah, there's some things I want you to understand. One is the Bible is not for religious people. And that may shock you, but it's really not. The Bible is not for religious people. The Bible is one of the most down-to-earth books you will ever read. The Bible is for unbelievers. In a way, the Bible is an outreach manual for unbelievers or maybe I should say, to reach unbelievers. So is there anything, uh, I want to look at a scripture here and just ask you, when I say the Bible is not for religious people, I want to look at a scripture and I want to ask you, is there anything religious about this scripture? Okay, let's take a look at it. Genesis 3 and verse 19. It says, in the sweat of your face shall you eat bread till you return unto the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. What do you think if you're a non-believer, a non-religious person, anything religious about that statement, anything spiritual about that statement? Dust you are, and dust, you're going to return to the dust of the earth. In other words, you're going to die. That's very simplistic, down to earth, or literally down to earth. That's what you're gonna to return to, the earth. Out of it you were taken, and you're gonna return there when you die. Yeah, you see, the Bible is a down to earth book. And it's for non-believers, it really is. You know, it was Michael Landon that said this, maybe you remember him, uh, Little House on a Prairie, I think, Touched by an Angel. He had some very good programs. He said this. He said, somebody should tell us right at the start of our lives that we are dying. Then we might live to the limit every minute of every day. Do it, I say. Whatever you want to do, do it now. There are only so many tomorrows. Wow. Nothing spiritual about that statement. Nothing religious about that statement, you know. Yeah. So you might say the most religious thing a non-religious person can do, or should do, is from the day that you were born, start digging your own grave. Yeah, because dust you are, and dust you shall return. It'd be a valuable lesson, by the way. It really would. Start digging your own grave, because that's where you're going to end up at. Let's take a look at Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 5 and just ask yourself, is anything spiritual, religious, anything you can't understand about these verses? It says, for the living know that they shall die. Yeah, if I'm a non-believer, I know I'm gonna die. But the dead know not anything, neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Now question, why don't the dead know anything? Well, actually only non-religious people know the answer to this question. Uh, religious people don't know the answer. They, they think when you die, you immediately go to heaven. You know? But only non-religious people can answer this question. Uh, why don't the dead know anything? You got it right. Of course. <laughs> because they're dead. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. The reason dead people don't know anything is because they're dead. Okay. You're, you know, you're A+. plus. You know, You're really doing good. Okay, Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 6. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more proportion forever in anything that is done under the sun. In other words, when you die, you're dead all over. You're sort of like Rover. You know, when Rover died, he was dead all over. Yeah. Okay, next verse. Verse seven, all right, knowing this, go your way. Eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God now accepts your works. Let your garments be always white, in other words, do the right thing, and let your head lack no ointment. In other words, put some cologne on, don't be a stinker, or whatever, okay. Verse nine, live joyful with the wife whom you love all the days of your life, of your vanity, which he has given thee under the sun, Yeah, that's right, your high school sweetheart. Live joyful with the wife whom you love, which he has given thee under the sun all the days of your vanity, for that is your portion in this life and in your labor which you take under the sun. In other words, uh, enjoy your wife, enjoy your work, uh, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Enjoy life. Why? Because you're going to die. It's not going to last forever, that is life. So again, is there anything religious about these verses from the Bible? Anything spiritual? Anything you can't understand? Well, no, they're, they're just down-to-earth verses. Okay, verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. That sort of harkens back to what Michael Landon said. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you go. Bottom line is this. You're going to get old, and you're going to get ugly, and you're going to die. And it usually occurs in that in order: old, ugly, and die. Okay. Now, unless, don't get ahead of me, unless you think I don't believe in anything in an afterlife. What the Bible teaches is not one, but two resurrections. You have the first resurrection, and then you have the second resurrection. So I believe that there is life after death, so don't don't go there. But I'm, I, again, I'm talking to unbelievers. I'm trying to help non-religious, I'm talking to the non-religious of our society. Okay, now this is what I wanna tell you. All of you non-religious people out there, and I'm not preaching at you or anything like that, I'm trying to help you. There's three pitfalls non-religious people fall into, non-believers fall into. And it really dawned on me, I was listening one day, and maybe you remember this song by Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. Not sure who named that kid, Garfunkel, but anyway. um, They had a song called Slip Sliding Away. Remember that? Slip Sliding Away. And, And the chorus of the song said, you know, the nearer your destination, the more you slip slide away. In other words, the older you get, the more you slip slide away, how true it is. And I want to look at three pitfalls from this song that non-religious people fall into. He says in the song, he says, well, I know a man, he came from my hometown. He wore his passion for his wife like a thorny crown. He said, Dolores, I live in fear. My love for you is so overpowering, I'm afraid that I will disappear. Slip sliding away. Now the first pitfall that, un, that, that a lot of non, un, uh, non-religious people fall into is what I call an overpowering love for another human being. And what you've got to understand is this. Uh, non-religious people don't really have a love that's directed toward God. And so it creates a vacuum. And because they don't have that love for God, it is directed toward another human being. And it's what I call a compulsive, obsessive type of love. And it's the type of love that, oh, I could just never live without you. If something ever happened to you, I'd just die. And I, I have seen this actually happen with people where maybe a wife lost a husband and she could not cope when that death occurred. In other words, as the song says, my love for you is so overpowering, obsessive, compulsive love that I'm afraid that you know i will disappear yeah so it's a great pitfall this overpowering love for another human being i'm not saying that you can't love another human being but when you don't have love for god it creates a vacuum and a almost a obsessive love toward a human being and when you lose that loved one oh boy you are in big trouble You're in big trouble so that's the first pitfall that a lot of unbelievers can fall into. Second pitfall, continuing the song here. He says, I know a woman who became a wife. These are the very words she used to describe her life. She said, a good day ain't got no rain. She said, a bad day is when I lie in bed and think of things that might have been. Oh boy. Second pitfall, what might have been. It, I mean, that a lot of unbelievers, non-religious people, live their lives thinking about what might have been. There was a song by Little Texas, What Might Have Been. And it says, because that was then, and we have taken different roads. We can't go back. There's no use in giving in. And there's no way to know what might have been. Yeah, what might have been. And it really is a great evil, I think, when people journey down this road of what might have been. It really is a reluctancy to appreciate what God has blessed you with right now. And your mind is always going down this channel of what might have been, what could have been. You know, it's not an issue of what might have been. It's an issue of what is. It's, It's an issue of what's going on right now. What might have been is what you have right now. That's the only thing you need to be concerned about. But, you know, unbelievers have a tendency to, one, have this overwhelming, overpowering love for another human being, this compulsive, obsessive love, because love for God is lacking, and it creates a vacuum Where I've got to have this person. I've got to hold on to this person. What would I do if this person ever died? Oh no, I hate to even think about it. That's one pitfall. And the second pitfall is what might always running down the channels of what might have been. What might have been. Third pitfall. The song continues on. It says, I know a father who had a son. He longed to tell him all the reasons for the things he had done. He came a long way just to explain. He kissed his boy as he lay sleeping, then turned around and headed home again. Mm, mm-mm. Couldn't communicate, couldn't tell him about all the things he had done, all the wrong things, the divorce, the reason for the divorce, the reason for this, the reason I wasn't there when you grew up, all, you know. And the third pitfall that unbelievers fall into is great regrets. Yeah, great regrets. You know, we only hurt the ones we love. You ever notice that? You're only going to hurt the ones that are closest to you. You never hurt a stranger. You never hurt someone you you barely know. No, the only ones you're going to hurt are the ones that you love the most and the ones who are closest to you. And a life of regret is the unbeliever's life that they live. And it's sad. All right, the song concludes by saying, well, God only knows, and God makes his plans. The information unavailable to the mortal man. Yeah, and that's true, you know, the information unavailable to the mortal man. That unless God calls you and opens your heart and mind, you really don't know what's going on. I mean, you really don't know what life is all about unless God intervenes in your life calls you and open takes the blinders off your eyes. As the song says, the information unavailable to the mortal man. It goes on. We're working our jobs. Collect our pay. Believe we're gliding down the highway when in fact we're slip sliding away. Mm -mm -mm. you know it's so true we're working our jobs collecting our pay believe that we're gliding down the highway when in fact we're just slip sliding away what's the song saying it's saying there's more to life than what you are experiencing and that's what I'm trying to tell you if you are an unbeliever there's more to life than what you are experiencing. There's more to life than just regrets and what might have been an overpowering, obsessive love for another human being. There's more to life than that. Now, I want to conclude with a little statement to if you are a believer. If you are a believer, then I got good news and bad news. Okay. Uh, the bad news is you're still slip slip sliding away. Uh, that's the bad news. Uh, it's what I call the abolition of the flesh. God never intended for mankind to exist in the flesh forever. We all are. If you look in the mirror every day and notice the lines and the wrinkles and the gray hairs or lack of hair or whatever, you are slip sliding away. But that's the way God intended. He never intended for us to exist in the flesh forever. And that's why I say the abolition of the flesh, the end of flesh, eventually. Uh, So if you are a believer, uh, with every day that passes by, you are nearing your destination. You really are. Now, what is your destination? Well, let's take a look at it. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16. Second Corinthians four and verse 16. It says, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, uh oh, slip sliding away. The outward man, the flesh, is perishing. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now if you're a believer, that's the positive side. Even though you are slip sliding away, The inward man, provided you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of you, the inward man is renewed, the character of God that God is building inside of you, that is renewed day by day and you are becoming closer and more like God in character day by day. The inward man is renewed day by day. And, you know, the difference between an unbeliever and a believer is just this. Uh, The difference is they're both dying. They're both slip-sliding away. But the difference is the believer, the inward man, is renewed day by day. Now, I want to talk to you old unbelievers. We got some of those, you know. Old unbelievers. You just haven't really come around to religion yet, you know. And I don't blame you, really. But I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with God. Forget religion. Like I said, I wouldn't give you a nickel for all the religion in the world. But I'm talking about a relationship with God. And you're an old unbeliever, and you keep thinking, well, I'm going to, you know, maybe a deathbed repentance or something. I'll get around to get checking in with God before I kick the bucket. <clears throat> well, I want to tell you something. You're going to get old. You're going to get ugly. And, and there's a third element that's gonna to occur to all of us. You're gonna become useless in the flesh. Yeah, useless. A lot of old people feel useless. You know why they feel useless? Because they are. I mean, there's nothing they can do. The flesh can't keep up, the body can't keep up with the mind. You can't make a contribution anymore. So not only do we get old, not only do we get ugly, We become useless and then we die. Yeah, that's life. That's the way God made it. And I want to tell you something. You are, old unbeliever, you are a fool if you're thinking about a deathbed repentance. Why would I say that? I say that because this little statement that the inward man being renewed day by day, this is a process. This is a long journey process. And if you're thinking you're going to start this process of this inward man being renewed, it doesn't say anything about being renewed at the last minute. It says the inward man is renewed day by day. And if you're waiting to the last minute to make your decision, let me tell you something. It's a little too late to do the right thing now. Yeah, a little too late to do the right thing now. You know, you need to make your decision and you need to receive the Holy Spirit of God and start this process of renewing the inward man day by day. To start this process of building the character of God inside of you that he wants to build. To allow his Holy Spirit to mold, to shape you into the kind of a human being that is pleasing to God, to build the godly character, to know the difference between right and wrong, and through a long journey called life to get to the point to where you choose to do the right thing. Yeah, it is possible, it is possible for you to choose with the power of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit, for you to look at something that is right and look at something that is wrong, look at something that is tempting and to reject it and to choose to do the right thing. But it's only possible to the power of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God. So, the words of the song is very true. You know, the nearer your destination, the more you slip slide away. The outward, the inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man is perishing. Yep, your body's wearing out. You're going to get old, you're going to get ugly, and you're going to be useless. And then you're going to die. And when that time comes, and we all must face, I'm not pointing the finger at you, I'm saying we're all getting there. We're all going to get there. And when we get there, there is only one thing we're gonna to have to look forward to. And that is the fact that the inward man is being renewed day by day. And I can look back at that moment of my life when I get old and ugly and useless, can't do anything, can't work like I wanna work, can't get out like I wanna get out, can't do anything, just, just taking up time I can look back at my life and I can say, you know, over the process of 20, 30, 40 years, that inward man has been renewed day by day. And I am now closer to God than I have ever been. And that's
0: what's really in your Bible. Is it possible for you to change a desire that you know is wrong? Is it even possible to change the man or woman in the mirror? And if so, how? Are we simply stuck with our emotions, feelings, bad habits, with no hope of ever rising above them? Your Bible says, God gives His Holy Spirit to them that obey Him, which means change is possible. Learn the step-by-step process for receiving the Spirit of God. Order your two free magazines, Why You Need the Spirit of God and Should You Be Baptized. Having the Spirit of God makes the impossible possible. Order by writing to Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia. 24151. That's Church of God, Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia. 24151. Also, check us out on the web at IsThatReallyInTheBible.com